the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. Hello and welcome to the Corner 3, episode 35. I am one of your hosts, Alex Derrickson. Joining me, as always, the hoop and the harm, Tim Daniel. So, Alex, I have found my brand new challenge for watching NBA games on TV. What is that? My new thing is I try to turn on TNT in time for the game while seeing as little as bones as possible. <laughs> it's a good plan. Yeah. How's that working? Is it, is um, it going well? It worked today. You know, the Rockets are in the Thunder about to play game two as we're recording, so I caught that in time. No bones. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Excellent. Speaking <laughs> of bones, we're not. Sean, also joining <laughs> us. <laughs> <laughs> hey Alex <laughs> Hey buddy, how are you doing? It's my team king, Sean Mackey <laughs> I'm great <laughs> Glad Yeah. Glad. Now, <clears throat> I know I, I always make the joke That we're, each week We get together to talk about the one thing Cincinnati doesn't like to talk about And that's professional basketball And which, on on my way home today, I begged the question, what would get Cincinnati to care? So I started thinking about other things Cincinnati cares about. And we have other sports. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have Chile. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I've noticed that that we've reached a tipping point where Cincinnati right now is giving a whole hell of a lot of shits about that little hippopotamus. Yeah, Fiona. (laughs) So... What what I'm thinking, and hear me out on this, and, and you know it's crazy, right? But we wheel Fiona out, <laughs> basketball shorts, <laughs> teach her to dribble, have like a, have like an Air Bud hippo, <laughs> Air Fiona, dude, yeah, something huh. like that. Fiona is literally. You know how many sequels? How many bad sequels are, to Air Bud there are? I mean, <laughs> yes, you're, you're one for every sport now. <laughs> there's one in space, I think, too. Yeah, and you, and you want to oh, throw a hippo in the mix? Is what you're there, telling me? There's one where the dogs I, talk. I want, I want Airbud XFL. <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised. God, that's great. I can't. I'm gonna have to catch up on that because that that and the Fast and the Furious franchise, I'm a little behind on. I'm about <laughs> ten films behind on each, actually. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I've only seen the first one of both, but this. <laughs> is the corner three podcast for each week the three of us get together to talk about the one thing cincinnati doesn't care about that's not baby hippos that is professional basketball you fucking college purists guess what they get paid the year later (laughs) just join us for the ride (laughs) it does post each and every friday on itunes stitcher and google play and let's just get right into it we have a bit of a fizzy grizzy (laughs) Aha. So David Fisdale had a bit of a bit of a bit of a hissy. We'll yeah, call it did. a post game hissy regarding the refs. Uh got fined. The players, the Grizzly players have, have come together and and they they started a Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh they, they, they paid the fine for him. Uh so Tim, Sean, let's talk about this. How do you feel about the comments and then the Grizzly team stepping forward? Um, I loved everything about it. I loved it, man. It was awesome. I loved his frustration. I loved his enthusiasm. I love that he has t-shirts now for his two comments of, you can't rook us and take that for data, including the one that has the glasses under the take that for data. That's just baller. 
I I know it's the best. And I think it's incredible. Um, you know, for how fun the playoffs have been through two games in each series going into, as we're recording tonight, um, obviously with Washington, Atlanta playing right now, as well as OKC and, um, Houston, and then tonight the Golden State game, we're up to every other game being a game two. As good as those games have been, the referee, the referee officiating still has not been. So I see his frustration. I see him talking about Kawhi Leonard shoots more free throws by himself than the whole team did and how that annoys him and frustrates him, and I get that. So I don't have any issues at all with him expressing frustration, and I think what makes this even cooler is the Grizzlies have really backed him up on that. Um, Fisdale was a guy that had an opportunity, you know, had to wait for his opportunity to become a head coach. He was an assistant in Miami underneath Spo, and he's done a hell of a job. That Memphis team is such a fun team to watch. Um, I've talked about them quite a few times this year and how much I loved what they were doing. And obviously, the other thing that David Fisdale deserves to be in consideration for Coach of the Year is he brought back 22-year-old Vince Carter in a 40-year-old's body. So, props to Fizz. <laughs> They just yeah. dipped him in the Phoenix Suns Lazarus pit. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it was. Got to get in that pit. Uh, I think, you know, this is re- the whole the whole thing with Fizdale is, is funny because it, it really boils down to the Grizzlies really not getting any respect in the NBA. They're basically the Atlanta Hawks of the West. Correct. Uh, they, <laughs> they, make, they make the playoffs every year, but they're – and every once in a while they'll make it to a, a conference final every once in a while. But, you know – they're always going to be in the playoffs as long as they have that core group, whether they're the perennial six, five, six, the perennial five, six. I mean, I almost feel like Kyle Korver belongs in a Grizzlies jersey at this point. Are we um, starting to Grizzlies prophecy? <laughs> we should. But, you know, Fisdale was completely right. I mean, the NBA, the, the refs are, even though they won't ever admit it, they are trained to give certain, they're going to give certain players calls, you know, because people want to see them score points. It's good for the league. Kawhi is a superstar right now. He's he's top five. And I'm not saying he's number five, guys. He's probably <laughs> number three. He's probably number three. All right? He's probably number three. He doesn't get the respect he should, though, but he's probably number three. But, you know, you see somebody like Zebo, like, you know, he. Fizdale said that he was the most rugged player in the NBA, and it's like, how is he not getting free throws? And it's true. I mean, that guy's bumping into everything. I mean, he's like a mountain playing basketball. He's a mountain with arms, you know? And, you know, he should be get these guys should be getting the shots, and Connolly is a is a damn fine point guard. He also, he's yes. another player that he doesn't get, he doesn't get any respect. And there's so many good point guards in the league right now that... <clears throat> That's really what it boils down to. He gets kind of lost in the shuffle because, once again, he's on the Grizzlies. And, uh, you know, Fizdale, uh, you know, it was funny because I showed that video to my fiance. And the first thing she says to me, she goes, who is this guy? And I was like, exactly. Okay. I was like, no one, no one knew who David Fizdale was until this week when they saw him on SportsCenter. Like, oh, the Grizzlies, they have a coach? Okay. All right. <laughs> Okay. So, I mean, I totally understand where he's coming from. Uh, you know, I hope his team just ignites under that fire that he had the other night and at least gives the Spurs uh, some some close games. I mean, I, they're not the Spurs, though. So let's let's remember that. They're not the Spurs. Right. So no one is. And, and they're not going to win the series because I've already said this. They're going to win the NBA title. So they got to go through the Grizzlies to get to that title. <laughs> So, so you know, that's what's going to happen. But but good for Fizdale. Agreed. And I don't want to stick too long on this because a lot of stuff has kind of happened. There's a lot to unpack. Like we said, we're only two games in the most series. 
one that I wanted to touch on too before we get into what I think is going to dominate the conversation, which is that that precious Bull Celtics series where the TNT Bulls are showing up. But Rudy Gobert, like a like a meteor, head straight into the atmosphere. His his playoff <laughs> career was cut very short as he made a 17 second debut. Uh, <laughs> that is problematic for the Jazz because. <laughs> <laughs> Because Gobert is everything, <laughs> dude. Derek Favors lot... started last night, <laughs> right? And and they, it creates a lot of problems though, because when you match them up against a team like the Clippers with DeAndre Jordan, who whose sole purpose is to hold the ball in his hands and then dunk it, it's it's frustrating. I think to game plan around that, and to know you kind of have that DeAndre Jordan stopper and Rudy Gobert, and that that puts a big hole in in your game plan for the series. So, Sean, are the Jazz in trouble? Yeah, they're in trouble. <laughs> How much trouble though? This could be like uh this could be like a, a four to one uh winning uh the series kind of kind of trouble. I mean that's that alarming. I mean he's the defensive anchor for that team. Uh, we we talked about this last week when we were, you know, casting our defensive player of the year. Right. Awards and he's uh, he's going to show up on a lot of them and he I I think he should win it this year so him not being there and how long he is and uh, relatively athletic and just defensively focused like everything about him carries that team and I would also like to point out that uh, Gordon Hayward historically over this last season has not played very well against Abanamute yeah like at right. all. Like he's no. This he's, is this is definitely the worst, most probably I think like pound for pound most even matchup in the playoffs. Yes. yes. Even like even if you started like putting other teams together, like Cleveland versus Golden State, I, I don't think you get a more balanced uh, matchup on paper than you do with the Jazz and the Clippers. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I'm with you. Like you know, obviously, no one wants to lose Rudy Gobert, and NBA fans don't want to have a series where he's not in there because he's been phenomenal. Um, yeah. But. On the same note, it's not like the Clippers, you know, were exactly dominant when Gobert was out of the game one. I understand Utah won, and Doc Rivers being just... I feel like Doc Rivers, since the Big 3 won the title in Boston, is fine, is always finds ways to lose series. I mean, he's... I understand Boston went to one more finals after that, but in Game 7, if you remember, they were up 10, and they lost in the fourth quarter to the Lakers. He finds a way to do this continuously. This is a Clippers team that really needs to go far to really keep it going because I'm not going to lie to you guys. I've been putting this weird theory in my head together. I think next that, some, that next year, I know Chris Paul's rumor has this tentatively agreed to a discussion to be a Clipper, but I, I'm starting to put this year together. We might see Chris Paul play for the Spurs next year, man. I'm starting to put this thing together. I'll maybe explain it in a later episode. But I'm feeling this idea that he's going to be title hunting soon because he's probably not going to win one when the Clippers blow it all up when Blake Griffin's gone next year. Well, we've talked about it too where this is really, I feel, and you're starting to see it kind of come up more in different conversations on television and everything too, that the Clippers window is, gone. I would have said, closed last year. But yes. this this is the this is the window is closed and now Adam Silver standing next to her going <laughs> nailing it shut. Right. But <laughs> it's yeah, and I mean, and Tim, what you're putting together is called a prophecy. Yes, I just didn't want to call it that. If it I, didn't want to, I didn't want to take it from you because that's your trademark. No, no, he's on the list. Oh, okay. He's <laughs> he's definitely on the list. <laughs> 
But Chris Paul, uh, yeah, you just made the I, list. <laughs> I, I think I could definitely see the Clippers getting out of this one in six now. Unless, should, unless Gobert makes a miraculous recovery of sorts. Yeah. But it, it throws a lot into question. But tangentially linked is Mr. Gordon Hayward to this next conversation. Yes. What the fuck, guys? Is TNT Bulls real? Yes. Yes, it's real. Is this a thing? <laughs> it's a thing. What, like, what is happening? Um, well. Bo- both of these Gordon Hayward-linked teams were supposed to do well so everything stays the same. <laughs> it's disrupting right. the balance of the league. <laughs> And the future of the league. <laughs> and Mercury is in retrograde. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But, so, I have a few theories about this. Yes. And, and, and what's going on with, with the Bulls. Because we, we spoke earlier this week, uh, right after game two, you guys had kind of mentioned that this is like the Bulls team from the first five games of the season. Yeah. Where, you know, we're like, oh, this weird project might actually work. And and since that time has happened, we've had inconsistent rotations, Rondo possibly getting released, Rondo not getting released, Rondo just riding the bench, Rondo starting, is Fred Hoiberg getting fired, Dwayne Wade getting injured. Uh, are we going to trade Jimmy Butler? Nope, but Taj, sure. We benched the for player. Nothing. For nothing. For nothing. For nothing. Just to, just to get him and, and Dougie McDee off, off into playoff land on the West. But... <laughs> It's, it's, it raises the question, is this team finally playing to the potential that it always has or always had the, had the capabilities of doing? Or the other theory I have is playoff weight and playoff, actually really rather championship weight and championship Rondo and playoff Butler said, let's get our shit together. Well, Alex, first things first. And- if the Bulls lose this in six, none of us are shocked. No. No, no well, we're, we're more shocked right now. I and mean, let's keep in mind, Game 3 is on ESPN. But <laughs> it's... But it's at home, Alex! It's uh, at home for Chicago. <laughs> it has nothing... It doesn't help at all. <laughs> no, no. And I, and I know we've, we've sat, and I, I don't want to be, you know, like this flip-flop, like both sides of the coin guy, where I know the leading up to the series, we've kind of been like... Oh, why are they in the playoffs? Like that's Miami spot. They should have like gone for the for a better draft pick and everything. And yeah, if they get out of this round, sure, I will stand corrected. But I'm still equally shocked that they're up 2-0 in this series right Me now. Me too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one thing, and I think Sean made the point too. Um, and I, I I I agree with this. I think that Boston may possibly be the worst number one seed in a long time. Um, it's not that they're not good. They're just not good. And, um, <laughs> they have, they have one good player and he's five foot eight. Yeah. And he can't really play defense. He's a liability. So you shut him down. Who else you got? Yeah, exactly, man. Like, you know, Avery Bradley is a very good role player. Marcus Smart is a good role player. They're Alpha- all role players, Tim. Exactly. Every, one of them. Every single one of them. Exactly. 
It, where Chicago, like I said, you have these championship pedigree players that have been to multiple finals, that have won championships. You have a budding a guy who's really become a superstar, who is um, a top seven player. He was seventh in the league this so year. So Robin Lopez, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's what I said. Like uh, Kevin Rolo, o- <laughs> Kevin Rolo, <laughs> Kevin O'Connor from the Ringers said that if this was your first time watching basketball, you would think that Robin Lopez was the most <laughs> dominant player to ever play the game because of how awesome he was on the boards. And He's like Will Dell. And... I know. I know. But it's like, even with... Making... He's making every elbow jumper he shoots. He's making every hobo hook shot he, he puts up. <laughs> you know, so it's like, like no, nothing makes sense right now with him. No. He's, he's, he has become a better Joakim Noah in two games than Joakim Noah as Joakim Noah. I don't understand so, what's going on. Now, you mentioned two games, but... Going back to the last two, the last two games of the regular season, with with the forty seven point win by the against the Magic and the twenty five point win against the Brooklyn Nets C team, and and we kind of, well we scoffed at those wins because we're like okay yeah you're playing the Magic and now you're playing what is the Nets equivalent of the Magic, and it's we we scoffed at that that team's performance because we thought they were you know playing above what they were going against and now I kind of wonder pairing against how they played the last four games now well is it clicking at the best time it's possible but let's be fair here when doc rivers when the when the doc rivers is the gm of the magic next year they're gonna win 22 games so it'll just happen again (laughs) but secondly um it's just fun man um i think that you know i do agree with you to a sense because we talk about, you know, Wade's performance in Game 2 was phenomenal, but he's not really Father Prime anymore, as we saw in Game 1 where he tried to go for that dunk and the rim stopped him. Um, sure. <laughs> and then Rondo was almost had a triple-double, the first Bulls playoff triple-double since Pippen. But you've seen guys step up. So Bobby Portis was not very good in Game 2, but Game 1, he was amazing. He was phenomenal. Um, just, you know, Sean and I were just talking about, like, see, this is the Bobby Portis that we think he could potentially be. And then last night it was freaking Paul Zipser who was just like hitting shots out of the blue. And 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 you know what? That that's the reason why the reason why Portis wasn't as good in game two is Zipser got the minutes that Portis exactly. was getting in game one. And it was because he was hot and Hoiberg went with the hot hand, which was smart on his behalf. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna and- well, throughout the season too, we Portis seen, was still great. He was still good in game two, and we we've, we've seen the flashes of talent from Paul Zipser, which is a really strange sentence. But <laughs> we will we've seen it. We're like, yeah, like he will be the leading scorer one night, and it's it's reminding me. It's almost akin to like the early two thousands Bulls team, where it's like, hey, we've got Ben Gordon, Luol Deng, and Guest. Yeah, <laughs> and. That's kind of how this roster is being built up, where it's you know Wade Rondo Butler or Wade Butler and uh, fucking Lopez or Zipser or Portis. Like there's all there's this other interjecting factor each game. Everyone but Michael Carter Williams, basically. Oh God, his in his in his like two minutes in the game yesterday, he was awful. He hit Terrible. some. He made that ridiculous shot and then decided instead of holding the ball. At half court and waiting for the you know you know the last possession, he goes and takes some ridiculous layup where he just gets the ball stripped out of his hands and he may he, or he misses the shot, and and that's it and it's like this is our backup this is the backup guy for this team, I mean the th- the problem that is going to haunt the Bulls 
in you know i don't know if it will this series if they make it to the second series it'll definitely haunt them but jerry and grant is not that great right now correct and neither is michael carter williams and cameron payne mind you the guy that they traded taj gibson and doug mcdermott for is in a suit right now with isaiah cannon and I totally forgot that Anthony Morrow was a bull until yesterday. And I don't think Joffrey Laverne did. He play. He played a couple minutes last yeah, night, yeah. right? Who exactly? Yeah. You know. So, I now now I legitimately forgot that he was on the team. I didn't even <laughs> see him on the pitch last night. I don't even know what that guy looks like. <laughs> That's but so it's, true. Yeah. But in the scope of things, like what's happening right now is working. Mm-hmm. And finally, I feel like, you know, 84 games plus preseason into the season, I know what Hoyball is. <laughs> we finally yeah. figured it out. And, let's and it. it's okay. Yeah. yeah, so far. And let's say this, too. Um, for everything Isaiah Thomas is playing through right now, it's absolutely amazing that he's on the court. Like, yes. You know, it's, yeah. it's someone who can totally. relate more than most. Unfortunately, sure. Like, what he's going through is just unbelievable. Like, it's just unbelievable, and you have all the respect to him for playing through everything for sure. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, I, it's it's. I mean, it takes a lot of guts to get out there and do what he's doing right now, and and he's still putting on a show. Yeah, he is. I mean, he was great in game one. I know, like we said, he's a def- he's not the best defensive player by any stretch of the matter. No, never um, gonna be. Exactly. And I still get annoyed when people like Kenny Smith on TNT try to tell me he's better than John Wall, because he's not. Oh, no. No, and... he is not better than John Wall. <laughs> but all the respect for how great of a player he is, a great offensive player, an unbelievable scorer for his height and everything he does. So, yeah, definitely. Um, but he, like we said, he is carrying this team. When, when they're going out there with Jonas Jurekbo, like, against Jimmy Butler, you know that Jimmy Butler's just, like, licking his chops. Like, I've got this. Oh, Sure. And it's it's nice to have that star power on that team for to have a guy to be like, oh yeah, cool, that's a really good matchup for them. Yeah, so I can see the Bulls winning this in six. I can see the Bulls losing this in six. I can see the Bulls winning this in seven um, because you know, wouldn't it be very Bulls to like pull like pull off this crazy eight versus one win? Um, but I think what makes this fun is you know, like series right now, like Washington Atlanta. They're in game two right now, and John Wall is just putting on a show. And guys, I don't know, man. I don't know if I like Dennis Schroeder as much as some people do. Like, I don't, I don't see it. Like, he had twenty six points in game one, but other than that, like when I watch him play, I'm never like, damn, that guy's awesome. He just made a cool move. I think, I think Schroeder had some good games a few years ago when he was the sixth man on the Hawks. Yeah, uh, and Teague was starting, and I think that the Atlanta Hawks got kind of cocky and they were like, you know what? This guy will be able to carry it. So, you know, they traded him away. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, Schroeder is not, uh, he's, he's not that great. No, no. What about you, Alex? What do you think? What do you see from that series? Uh, I actually have not gotten to watch a whole lot of that series. Lucky you. I've, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel. Uh, cause I'm sitting here like racking my brain. Like what are the other Eastern conference series? And I'm like, Raptors, <laughs> what's the other one? But... The Grizzlies of the East. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And I think it's, I, I would say like, I don't know between that one or the, uh, Raptors bucks, like which one is the, the jazz clippers of that where it is like that balance and everything. 
but I I mean I kind of just picked Washington and was just going to wash my hands of the series. <laughs> I, I um I think Washington no makes Eastern Conference Finals. I don't finals. think I don't think Atlanta has any. I, I think that's entirely likely. Yeah, I just think that they're so good, and if they I mean yeah. if the Bulls pull off this series, they in no way shape or form match up in a good way against the Wizards. I honestly no. think that the Wizards are the worst matchup in the East for the Cavaliers too. They are. They're a bad matchup for everybody. Agreed. They, they, they eliminated the Bulls, uh, you know, twice in the last fifteen years in the playoffs. Once during the when Skiles finally got them back into the playoffs, um, they lost that series, and then they lost a few years ago. They just got ran off the floor. It was terrible. That was when they had Nene. It was a completely different team, but they had the same guards. So, yeah, and I mean, you've seen a much more balanced Washington Wizards team this season too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the, I, I would say they're. They're one of those teams where they're on this precipice of either like getting to be very good next year or getting to be great next year or the bottom falling out. And it's really hard to judge because we see this so often where a team has a really good year and then just kind of, you know, falls off the next season. So it'll be interesting. They're definitely <coughs> a Charlotte. team. To... Yeah. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> but Washington's definitely, I think, like my team to watch for next year. For I sure. Th- yeah. I think that the playoffs too are showing the importance of like having a coach that system fits its players too. I'm obviously that's easy to say, but guys like Scott Brooks coming to Washington, how much better they are in a year's difference. Like Kelly Oubre Jr., I don't know if you guys have watched him play defense, but he is a very good defender and he has been awesome yeah. for that team. Um, obviously, the Dantonis and the Fizdales have been so big for Houston and Memphis, but I think Scott Brooks has really been that guy in the East, so. I think that's big there. He know has not been that guy in the East on his new team, even though in their playoffs is Nate McMillan. Because oh. other than Paul oh. George, that Pacers team has been really bad. And they almost won game one. They they're they're keeping it close. Yeah. Somehow. They're they're grinding the games out, but they're just grinding the losses. Exactly. But pro- that- I mean, there's they're staying competitive yeah. and I, I think that's a very good look for them. I agree. Um, I think, you know, but I, what do you guys think about Paul George and his comments after every game? So first off, the C.J. Miles thing when he said the ball should have came back to him. Um, he was 33. It should have. Dude, he was 30 feet away from the rim and had Jobron on him. He was not going to make does, that shot. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Would you would you take a, a contested shot with Paul George over C.J. Miles from kind of a weird angle? Okay. CJ Miles I would take the better shot. Yeah, CJ Miles is a decent know. shooter. I don't know. It's not he's like, a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like Paul George should have had it. I know they double teamed him in the very last possession, but he I feel like something should have happened there. I agree. I agree with Paul George. I get the point of best player has the ball when the game's on the line. I do. Yes. Don't be wrong, but he was not making anything there because here's the thing. One, Lance Stevenson is wide open underneath the basket when C.J. Miles takes that shot. Like, he is literally sitting there by himself. He could have had to lay him and they win. It's a 1-1 series. Two, I mean, that's what they should have done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, and also game two, um, it was just, you just saw the Cavs' dominance until the fourth quarter, where the Cavs might be worse than the Bulls in the fourth quarter, honestly. I'm not for certain anymore. They get, com- they get comfortable. And, yeah, and like, if it were for Kevin Love... I don't know if this series is 2-0, man, because he was phenomenal in Game 2. Yeah. 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 That's a very good point. Uh, but they'll Kevin still Love win. Is, 
Jesus, he's so underrated with that team. I know. Still. Still. I know. Like, I'm going to game four in Indy on Sunday, and I can't wait. Oh, I'm going to be so fired up. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. don't don't no. don't get your hopes up there, buddy. Just... Game four is an Indy. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've lived them, man. <laughs> yep. There. You bring it, your broom, it's... you're going to go home with that broom up your ass. <laughs> I'm not bringing my broom. Good. Oh. Good. It'd be a bad look for you. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> yeah, man. They are I will I will give Pacers fans credits. They are they are relentless to <laughs> if you if you're a visiting team fan. I know. Especially during the playoffs. That's okay. It was preseason or was it preseason or regular season where we got harassed in a Dairy Queen? Uh, that was uh, Derek Rose's first game back. It was a preseason, and uh. a guy and a guy told us that that he had only been. This is the point where he had only been after his first knee surgery. He told us that guy's done. He should retire, and we were like, "No, there's he's, no he's way. Like, he's overrated." And and boy, he was. I I feel I feel like I wanted to go back and give that guy like a handshake and say, "You were right. You were right." Nah. You're right. Nah. Yeah, nah. it's Indianapolis. What do they know about? We can't give them credit. I mean, Larry Bird's got to have to trade his best player to his arch enemy this this off season. Let's be fair here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So moving it out out west, because uh, I, I don't want to get to Raptors Bucks just yet. But uh, you mean Giannis Bucks? I mean Giannis Raptors. Yes. Yeah, dude. Did you see the photo of Giannis yes! dunking it? And. <laughs> He's still on the floor. He's still on the floor. <laughs> He's amazing. Uh, He's so amazing. Actually, let's do Raptors Bucks. We'll wrap up the East here. Uh, do it. The, Gian- the, the Giannis Raptors situation. So it's it's one one right now, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a very balanced game, balanced series. It's from from what I've seen and everything. The Bucks, man. Yeah, man. I don't. I like it. I, I like too. what I'm seeing out of them. I I think game two. I think it's going to be a six game series, uh, but I don't think game two is indicative of anything other than still than the Bucks probably walking out of this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, I really like, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I hated him in the draft. Thonmaker has been so yeah. good in the previous two games. <laughs> like he has been. Yeah. Like you can see that the Bucks' length is really getting to Toronto, and that's, you know, and you can see, like, Serge and P.J. Tucker are doing the best they can, but that length is so much. Like, you mentioned even alone, Alex, that picture of Giannis dunking and he's still on the ground is enough to say, like, okay, the Bucks have length, and that one guy alone. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. So, um, and also, like, I-, I joke that it's Giannis versus the Raptors. It's it's obvious that Giannis is the best player in this series, but the Thonmakers, the Brogdons, you know, Chris Middleton said, had a couple had some decent play, uh, stretches in the games. Uh, I am not, and Kyle Lowry was really horrid in Game One. He was oof, bad. I am not going to be shocked at the Bucks win this series, and I think they very well have a shot to win this game. And like you said, Alex, I think it could potentially be in six games. Yeah, I mean, I really never thought I would say Jason Kidd is a really good coach, but here I stand. <laughs> Like I mean, everything about that team, the way they've put that that team together and fit into what Kid wants to do as a coach and everything, it's 
very impressive. Like, I mean, the Central Division has kind of been the East's, like, most formidable and, and like, you know, deepest and strongest division in, in the conference and everything. And so when – it's like adding another coal to the fire, you know? Exactly. We know Sean wants to talk about Giannis. We know he's feeling it. Yeah, I, I'm feeling Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag feeling Giannis. Outstanding. I, um, yeah, Giannis is is incredible. I, I he, him not being in this series, the Bucks. I mean, it's it's over. They're not even in the playoffs without him, right? Correct. Right. Sure. Okay. Okay. But I mean, let's let's be honest. Tony Snow is the real reason. Let's there. be honest. I was about to say that. Damn you! You got me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 agree with you. I think it's going to be a six-game series. I think, uh, you know, I, I think what Jason Kidd is doing there is just let's just get a bunch of tall guys and and see how this works. And that's what he's doing now. <laughs> he had Michael Carter Williams part of that tall guys group as a six-six point guard, but he was trash, and he was right to get rid of him. So. Um, you know, they're still doing great. Malcolm Brogdon, probably going to win Rookie of the Year, guys? No. You think? No. I would, I mean, I would hope so. It's who I picked. <laughs> I think it's 50-50. Yeah. So, maybe, maybe, I don't know. 33-33-33. Um, yeah, and I mean, I mean, they have a, they have a, a great team right now, and I think they're like one or two, like, decent pieces away from being an actual contender like that's how good i think they are i I think one of those guys that they've a thon maker or a malcolm brogdon needs to make a jump next season and then they need to acquire somebody else who's going to help them a paul Millsap, perhaps you know (laughs) (laughs) who we found out was the most coveted player in the league actually i i kind of like i kind of like the idea of him being on the bucks thinking about that i think i think because the Hawks are done after this season, right? Yeah, uh, they'll sneak in. They'll be the seventh season next year. It's it, they're always going to be there. So um, Mike but, Dunleavy uh, is going to take him to the playoffs. Oh my God! Forgot about him. <laughs> well, now we can move it out west. We still got three series Let's go. To cover Let's there. go. Let's go. Warriors and Blazers. We no Kevin Durant game two. This. Right, and I want to get there in just a second. We hit on in a previous episode that. This was going to be a very hot shooting uh, backcourt series with Curry and Thompson and then Lillard and McCollum. We were not disappointed so far. And yeah, the Warriors are going to rest Durant for game two to give him five days of rest heading into Friday's game three. I don't like that. <laughs> Dude, if you got it, rest it, man. I. I... <laughs> I mean, is this is this really what we've come down to? I mean, I don't want to sound like Charles Barkley or anything, but it's like Kevin Durant is probably the best player in that series. Yep. Right? Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you, I, I don't remember any series in the history of time where they just rested a guy and said, we got enough. This is fine. You know? um, well, we're in a different era. I don't. I don't like this era. I mean, I like the era, but I don't. I, I. I want guys to play. Kevin Durant needs to play. Okay, I know the end game for him is to is for them to to go to the NBA Finals. Okay, this is what they've been waiting for all year. But don't sleep on the Portland Trailblazers. Okay, do not sleep on the Portland Trailblazers. They're gonna win one of these games. It's gonna happen. That's oh. such a warning. 
I know. Just letting you know. I'm just letting you know, guys. I mean, as long as Draymond Green's getting five blocks in a game, they're not beating the Warriors. That's not happening. No, I, I mean, I don't see them beating the. Yeah, I mean, they're not gonna. They're not gonna win the series, guys. We know no, that. We know. Right. But, the, but but I I just don't think they should sleep. You know what they should do? Play him and then get the series done. You know, sweep the series and then have a few days rest. Then he can get his five days. How about that? Yeah. I mean, what, what do you uh, think? What do you think? No, I, I'm not. A, I don't disagree. Uh, I think it's cool. I think. I mean, if you like, I said, if you've got that much depth, then that you feel comfortable enough that you can rest a player that is Kevin Durant's caliber. More power to you. <laughs> Uh, that's great. That's great <laughs> that you feel that way. But yeah, it, it's bad. I, yeah, it's bad for business from the it's NBA perspective. Business. And but at the same time, though, not having Warriors Cavs three could also be bad for business. So right. it's it's yeah. I mean, it's a catch twenty two. I think from either 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 position has a point to make, and and you know, but. Like I said, yeah, if they feel like they can rest Durant for Game 3, then rest Durant for Game 3. If they think they can clear it off in 5, should they lose Game 3, then do what you got to do. But I, I don't feel that the Warriors think they're in any sort of danger. Nope. And they are they are standing out there and telling Portland that. <laughs> that, that that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we all know, the three of us, I'm the biggest Warriors fan on the show, right? Oh, Definitely. absolutely. Big big Chris Mullen fan. Yeah, I hate them. But <laughs> <laughs> they're great. I have all the respect to the world for everything they do. But I feel like we need another Warriors title like we need another Fast and the Furious movie. So, and we're getting both this year, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, but I just you think. Yeah, I do. Um, well, we are, the Fast and the Furious movie's already come, so now we just need the Warriors to go with the title. And you know I'm 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 on that with you, Alex. I think that if it's really a calf injury and they're still worried about his leg being hurt, where he was out for a month, give him game two because they could still very well win this in five when they turn it on. Like that game was very close for three quarters, and the fourth quarter we saw the Warriors do Warrior things where they were just unbelievable. Or Steph was hitting crazy shots, Clay was hitting crazy shots, Kevin Durant was taking over games, and Draymond Green had the craziest stat line I've ever seen in a playoff game for a guy that didn't have a triple-double ever. That game was nuts. and That was. Yeah, like, he was awesome. That, that pickup block he had, like, the one block where he just literally jumped up and protected the rim, it managed to not kick a guy in the nuts while doing that. It was so impressive. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> I wonder if that's going to come back up this year. Oh, I'm sipping that of course, of course it will. Of course it will. We got that. We got Kelly Olenek's arm bar. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that made a reappearance, didn't it? Yeah. Except this guy wasn't made of uh, Kevin Love's arm. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, Lenick. Oh my God. Those Gonzaga this kids wasn't man. made of Kevin Love's arm. <laughs> <laughs> I had to where I was going with that. <laughs> well, see, Alex, it's a top five arm. It's the fifth. <laughs> In that case, it'd be top four. <laughs> So I know we touched on Spurs Grizzlies. I don't have a whole much, whole lot else to say about it, other nope. than I mean, it's been consistently the Spurs running the Grizzlies off the floor. 
uh, it's it, that is very much a series of, of have and have nots, which kind of links me. So I think we can kind of talk about both these together because we're seeing it similarly break down. I know the Thunder have the lead right now in game two while we're recording this, but the Thunder and the Rockets and the Spurs versus the Grizzlies, I think, are the exact definition of the NBA haves and have nots. Agreed. Yes. In terms of playoff basketball. Yeah. And we'll go ahead and say this. If anyone thinks that this series should determine the MVP of the league, I I'm sh- I might be alone here, but I 100% disagree. No, because do- they don't determine it via Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> it's like, well, it's close, so make them fight. <laughs> now kiss. Right. I, and, I mean, I think there's only so much you can do if you're Russell Westbrook. Right. It's just the same as only so much you can do if you're Mike Conley. When you're going up against, you know, Kawhi Leonard or James Harden, agreed. Like there, there is there is such a gap between those teams in that matchup. You know, I agree with you, but I still think Russell Westbrook's good enough to win two or three games in a series by himself. Yes, <laughs> like I can very well see that being. If any of the series goes seven games, I can very well see it being this one because Russell Westbrook goes out of his mind. See, I just I don't think it's there. I don't I don't think the depth and the grind for five plus games against the same team. I think because that that's what makes it so difficult. You start learning each other and it gets chippier and everything too. But I, I, I can't. I could see you know if they played each other over the course of like with some other games in between. Yes, I could see the Thunder taking seven or taking four out of three. But if just playing the Rockets, you know, back to back to back to back, uh, I, I don't think that they have they don't have that depth. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. So uh, they they have they have a Russell. I exactly, understand that. Exactly. And that Russell has a chip. But I I just think yes, Russell Westbrook is far and away the MVP. But Harden is on the better team. Could and. And the, I would go as far as say the better coach team too, as a whole. Could so you guys I, see a I, th- case, I think the deck is stacked. Could you see a case where Doug McDermott has a Nate Robinson playoff performance? I would love that. I oh. mean, we 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 have spoken so highly of the competitiveness of this season. I don't want it to stop just because we're in the playoffs. Like I want no. all these. I want, I want every series to go to seven games. Me too. I want right. no one. So does I the want, NBA. <laughs> I want nobody's TNT or TBS schedule to return to normal until July. <laughs> well, the Bulls already know they have the 16th pick by way of coin flip because the NBA has oh, got that shit figured out. Rough. 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 Ah. <laughs> uh. So, but yeah, let's, uh, what else do we have? I'm sorry, Alex, I took over your show. No, no, it's our show. It's our show, Tim. It's our we share. Show. It's the corner well, I, three, I, not the corner me. I have, a, I, have a, I have a question for you guys, okay? okay. I, don't know if, I, I don't know if we touched on this on other shows or not, but the NBA awards show that they're going to have. At the end of June? At the end of June, yes. How do you feel about that? Stupid. I, I yeah. think it's re- I think it's ridiculous. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. First of all, who's watching this? Right. Everyone is everyone is sick of basketball by the time the playoffs are over. These playoffs take forever, especially yes. last season. I don't know. It felt like a, it felt like a year. Okay. Who is going to watch this? For one, two. I I I don't like 
you know, regular season awards are great and everything. And say the Thunder get eliminated in this first round, which I think they probably will. Yeah, we, we all just do. we just we all think that's going to happen. So that happens, and then you give Russell Westbrook this trophy at the end of June. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it just seems a little haphazard, doesn't it? I just don't. I don't understand. The point of that, I think this will be the only time they ever do this, because I think it's going to be a big old flop. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want it to be. Just personally, I don't see the problem in rolling the, the awards out like piecemeal, like they normally did. But Tim, sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was, I was actually literally going to say what you are, because I think like one of the cool traditions of the postseason is seeing the guy who wins the regular season MVP award getting to raise it in front of his crowd pregame in a game where they have a exactly. whole playoff. I was, exactly. You know, so like, I feel like they're like they're taking that away because if Russell Westbrook does win MVP as much as we expect in a year where the Thunder did not know what their team was going to be, they yesterday had Russell Westbrook having him have that moment in Game Four, you know, where he gets to raise the trophy, would just be a cool moment at Chesapeake Arena for those people. It was Sam you know Presley to say, "I picked the right guy." You know, it would be even cooler, Tim. It'd be totally, totally just baller of him not to show up to the awards show. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be the greatest the greatest outcome of all of this. Yeah, I won, but we don't have a ring. You know, that would show the fans that this guy is just dedicated, you know, and doesn't give a shit about this. But uh, I don't know. That'd be, I was just... That would be pretty baller. You're right. <laughs> it would. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that does it for us. It does. It does. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> Actually... <yeah. laughs> I like like you act like we're either Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood or Sesame Street. <laughs> That's right. Stop no, that was what I'm for. Like, Ta-ta. Are you putting your business shoes back on? Are you taking off those those athletic shoes and your sweater? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm reverse. I'm reverse <laughs> leaving my house. But this has been the Quarter Three Podcast, episode thirty-five, where each and every week the three of us get together to talk about the one thing in Cincinnati nobody gives two fucks about, and that is the professional basketball world. It does post every Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, where you can like, subscribe, share, bury it in a time capsule, and turn it up in fifty years and teach the world to sing. Sean, Tim, always a pleasure. And as always, hail Hayward. Take that for data. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.